Toledo. For many, the Israel-Palestine issue began in World War I. It has now entered its second century. We've delved into the history of Palestine, from the waves of Jewish migration in the 19th century, over 100 years ago, to the formation of Israel and its rise to regional power. Were the Camp David peace accords of 1978 an Arab success or a failure? Was the target of the first intifada Israel or Palestinian authorities? And how do U.S. domestic politics continue to influence the Palestine-Israel issue today? The Palestine-Israel conflict continues as a stalemate. In today's episode, we will look at recent events in this conflict and take a peek at what the future might hold. Hold on to your hats, because we're about to dive deeper into the history of Palestine. From the Toledo Society, I'm Professor Saeed Khan, and this is 1400 OMG, your guide to what the hell happened in modern Muslim history. In this series, we investigate the key events in the Muslim world over the last two centuries and dig deep into some of the root causes of the situation many find themselves in today. Over the past few episodes, we discuss the events that led to the formation of the State of Israel and the Palestine issue. Today, we will conclude the history of Palestine by looking at events in recent history. Segment 1, Camp David. When we last left Palestine, there were ongoing hostilities between Israel and Egypt. Israel had forcibly seized many lands, including lands that previously were under Egyptian authority. To settle the problem between the two countries, the President of the United States called for a meeting at Camp David. Camp David is a country retreat for the U.S. President, located outside Washington, D.C., in nearby Maryland. It's actually named for the son of President Dwight Eisenhower, David. In 1978, it became the location for talks between the Israelis and the Egyptians when bilateral talks that had already begun had reached a stalemate. Despite efforts to bring Israel to the negotiation table, even through military action like the 1973 Yom Kippur War, Anwar al-Sadat, the president of Egypt, still found himself and his country under tremendous economic strain. The fact that Egypt and Israel were still technically in a state of war discouraged both foreign investment as well as tourism to come to Egypt. Sadat decided to make a rather audacious and radical approach to change the rules of engagement. In 1977, Sadat flew to Israel and addressed the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. There he offered a gesture of Egypt becoming the first Arab country to recognize Israel as a country. Sadat met with Prime Minister Menachem Begin to discuss their differences and the prospects of some kind of diplomatic relationship that was bilateral. Sadat wanted to improve the relations with Israel while also solving the Palestinian issue. Begin was certainly open to discussions of peace with Egypt, but had no intention of relinquishing Israel's hold on the West Bank or Gaza. Unable to move the negotiations further, they turned to the United States for help. To facilitate the discussion, President Jimmy Carter organized a meeting between the three leaders at Camp David. The results were the Camp David Accords, which were signed by all three parties on September the 17th, 1978. The Accords produced two important documents. 
The first was a framework for peace in the Middle East. The document endorsed UN Resolution 242 as the basis for settlement for the Middle East conflict. It also proposed a staged plan for achievement of Palestinian autonomy within five years. But this proposal was vague and open-ended, and it didn't really have much meaning. The document was considered to be a victory for Israel and a defeat for the idea of a Palestinian state. At Camp David, Israel essentially won the right to negotiate for the occupied territories as it saw fit, and something which didn't seem to be immediately apparent to either Sadat or President Carter. The second document included conditions for an Egyptian-Israel peace. The formal peace treaty was signed in March 1979. The two countries now exchanged ambassadors, and in 1982, Israel withdrew its forces from the Sinai Peninsula. The United States rewarded both Israel and Egypt by providing $3 billion to each country in aid as well as to assist in restoration of the region. But the framework for peace with Palestine was never implemented. Israel exchanged Sinai for the West Bank and Gaza, and by making peace with Egypt, it effectively had neutralized the most powerful Arab army in the region. That year, both Sadat and Begin were awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. But there were serious implications for this treaty. The Arab world was shocked by Egypt's actions, and as a result, Egypt was expelled from the Arab League. Most Arab nations, with the exception of Oman and Sudan, broke diplomatic ties with Egypt, and the oil-producing countries canceled their subsidiaries to an already cash-strapped country. Egypt became isolated from the rest of the Arab world, and, in effect, became even more dependent on American economic support. While not the primary cause, Sadat's decision to make peace with Israel, and with the absence of any meaningful change for the Palestinians, he was assassinated on October the 6th, 1981, the anniversary of Egypt's successful campaign in the 1973 war known as the Crossing. Sadat was assassinated by extremists who, in part, saw his actions with Israel as a betrayal of both the Arab people as well as Islamic sensitivities. Sadat was then succeeded as president of Egypt by Hosni Mubarak. The Refugee Massacre. The Palestine Liberation Organization, the PLO, the self-proclaimed authority for the Palestinians, had been operating in exile both in Jordan as well as Lebanon. It had been declared a terrorist organization by the United States, Israel, and several other Western countries based on its taking responsibility for a host of actions against military and civilian targets, including hijackings of commercial airliners, cruise ships, and other bombings. In 1982, in the midst of the Lebanese Civil War, which had begun in 1975, the Israeli Defense Forces ordered their Lebanese allies, the Christian Falange, to expel PLO fighters from the Sabra and Shatila refugee camps that housed thousands of Palestinian refugees. The Falange forces, aided by the Israeli army, engaged in a massacre with an estimate of 450 to 3,500 Palestinian men, women, and children being killed. The act received condemnation from the United Nations as well as several governments. An Israeli commission held then-Defense Minister and future Prime Minister Ariel Sharon responsible for the massacres for a failure to take action to prevent them. The First Intifada In December 1987, the First Intifada occurred. Intifada means resistance and is the name that was given for the first time 
to Palestinian society that resisted Israeli aggression and fought back. It caught the PLO by surprise as it was a movement that began and was organized by Palestinian civil society itself. It involved acts of civil disobedience, boycotts, but also included protests and demonstrations that in some cases turned violent against Israeli security authorities. The Intifada was caused by two decades of life under Israeli occupation. The Palestinians had grown frustrated at the oppression they felt at the hands of the Israeli regime. At the same time, they were also frustrated by what they perceived to be the impotence of the PLO and its inability to improve their lives. During these 20 years, many of their homes had been demolished, many of their farmlands were destroyed, and many Palestinians were detained without charge, some even tortured. There were a series of restrictions placed on them, curbing their travel and employment, and all of these factors then led to a mass frustration from the Palestinians, deciding then to express their anger through the Intifada. In retaliation, Israel deployed 80,000 soldiers to quell the unrest. In the aftermath, over 2,000 Palestinians were killed, along with 277 Israelis. The Intifada led to the Madrid Conference of 1991. While there, the United States and Russia convened an international summit of peace talks between the PLO and Israel. The Madrid talks were the first major attempt at discussion between Israel and the Arab nations. It was headed by President George H.W. Bush and Secretary of State James Baker III. A Palestinian-Jordanian delegation joined the talks. The importance of this event is that it was the first major moment where the Palestinian question was addressed directly and the first time the so-called Land for Peace solution was proposed. This event opened the doors to further peace talks and negotiations. In 1993, the Oslo Accords were signed. They were a set of agreements between Israel and the PLO. They were signed between PLO leader Yasser Arafat and Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. Based on the accords, the PLO had to recognize Israel as a state, and in return, Palestine would be granted a limited self-government over parts of Gaza and the West Bank. Israel also agreed to withdraw partially from Gaza and Jericho, and Palestine agreed to call an election for a Palestinian authority to succeed the PLO. Israel would then further withdraw from civil administration of the West Bank. But the agreement failed. Due to violence from both sides, including a massacre by Israelis and suicide bombings by Palestinians, neither side agreed to peace, and the accords did not result in a Palestinian state. Israel continued to expand its influence, taking over various Palestinian territories and building settlements over the land. In 1991, Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated by an extremist Israeli, Yigal Amir. A stalemate continued between the two parties. Another negotiation was attempted in 1998 known as the Y River Memorandum. It was chaired by Yasser Arafat, King Hussein of Jordan, President Bill Clinton, and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. But it did not result in any positive change. The two sides remained hostile toward each other, and there seemed to be no hope for peace. For 1400 OMG, this is Professor Saeed Khan, your guide to what the hell happened in modern Muslim history. Toledo, 1-1.